Hello, 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 and welcome to another episode of She Can Achieve podcast. I have been having the best time talking to so many women about what they're doing in our community, how their journey has affected them and the people around them, and really just what it means to have not only your own experience, but then also how that affects other people. And I really love these conversations because it gives us a chance to see ourselves within other women, to see that we're not special unicorns going through our own thing and that life is never perfect, but that we're able to still move forward and do the things that we feel we're called to do. So without further ado, we have another conversation with a beautiful woman, Katiana. I'm going to let her introduce herself, but this conversation had me so full and I'm so grateful to have spent the hour with her. And... I will be coming back, you guys, soon. I just wanted to like hash out and get out all of these conversations. I have so many more in my back pocket that are just waiting to come on the podcast. But if you want to enjoy these episodes in real time, most of them are taking place on my Facebook, Regina Sloan. Just find me there. I go live on Facebook usually, and that allows you all to tap in in real time and ask your questions and us have that deeper conversation. And I'll talk to you guys soon. Enjoy. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to another Healing Hour conversation. I have the beautiful Katiana with me. We've met virtually on Facebook, and it's just been on and popping ever since. Thank you for being here. Yes, thank you for having me. Yeah, so I met Katiana on Facebook um, through some mutual friends, and I just was really inspired by your post, by the things you share. I can tell by the things that you put on there. Like, you're just super, at least before I met you, I had the feeling that you were just super authentic. Um, personable. Of course, you're in real estate as well. So that was interesting because we're beginners in that. And I just love like not only the confidence you exude on Facebook and social media, but really like the realness of like, I'm a real woman. I'm a mom. I have my struggles too. And I love talking to women like that because I find that in like, especially social media, we either have like people who are like super confident. They have all their things together. They have, there's nothing wrong. And we gravitate towards them because it's just how our brain works. But then we feel like shit because we are like, oh, I, I need to fix this. And you know, that, that like comparison that happens online. But for you, it's like, no, I struggle just like everyone else. And I also am confident and I also can show up and all that. So that was literally the energy I got before we even talked. And then we yeah. talked and like, it just happened organically. I was like, you should be on a podcast. So we're here. Thank you so yeah. much. Let us know who you are. Introduce who you are, the, all the things. Yes. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. I'm super honored. You know, I'm always honored because, you know, it's like people can always have whoever they want on their podcast. So it's like, oh, like out of all these thousands of people, it's like, chose me. Cool. Thanks. I appreciate <laughs> it. And I think a lot of people don't really value that enough. But um, <clears throat> yeah, so really quick background. My name is Katiana Sanchez. I am uh, originally from Mexico, um, immigrated to the States when I was really young, um, had a bit of a traumatic um, upbringing, kind of a lot of um, wounds, a lot of, um, you know, just, um, you know, parent, mommy, daddy issues type of stuff, right? And then, of course, everything that comes with it 
with the culture, right? And, and being an immigrant and the culture, this, the culture, that, and then religion, right? Like, you know, being Catholic and just all of that chaos. Um, and then, you know, um, being a, then I ended up getting pregnant at 16, going through all of that to now being, you know, um, an entrepreneur. And I have two businesses in the real estate industry um, that are currently, you know, my main, um, my main babies. I am a licensed realtor. I've been in the real estate industry for 11 years. Um, and um, I also have a transaction coordinating business that services realtors. And then I'm also in the process of um, developing a software for transaction coordinators. And so I've got a full plate. Um, I am a single mom uh, to three amazing children. Um, you know, they're all teenagers now, so it's, it's a different phase, but um, we're learning through it. Um, had to go through a lot of the co-parenting when they were young, you know, with the dads. And so, you know, I had a couple different scenarios where it's like one is, you know, through the court and then the other one, we get along super great. So there's no court involved. So it's like, I kind of got a little bit of both. Um, so yeah, it's, um, it's hectic trying to, you know, run a whole household, <laughs> um, keep everybody afloat. And so I always say I've got the broad shoulders. I can carry the weight. <laughs> Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. Thank you so much for sharing all of that. If people weren't hooked when I started talking, they are now because, oh my God, <laughs> so much the impact and all of the, the little words, a few words that you said that we could spend several podcasts talking about. So while you're talking, I'm like, oh my God, I got to ask her this, ask her that. First, yeah. can we please hear you say your name again? Because it sounds so beautiful. No, <laughs> I get that all the time. Actually, people are like, I like how you say it. My name is Katiana Sanchez. Oh um, but yeah, a lot of people are always like, no, I like how you say your name. I'm like, I mean, I don't, you know, but then it's funny because then some people will try to get a little funny and they'll be like, um, do you have something shorter? And I'm like, nope, nope. That's my name. Katiana, ain't no cat, ain't Katiana. no Tiana, ain't no T. Katiana, ain't no cat, ain't no, no, it's Katiana. <laughs> So, oh my God, Katiana! Like, it's the accent. Yeah. I can't do it, Katiana. Oh, it's also beautiful. Katiana. It just rolls off Aww, like. Oh, thank you. <laughs> thank so, you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I used to hate it growing up because you know, in elementary, middle school, like the teachers can't pronounce your name, so they'll butcher it, and then everyone starts laughing, and it's like the girl with the funny name. And so, for the longest time, I used to, li I literally changed my name to Kathy for the Damn. longest time when I was like in elementary and I was so traumatized. Like I'm telling you, these kids in these schools, they're ruthless. Okay. These bullies are no joke. Um, cause I literally would memorize like, okay, I'm going to go last. Cause my Nat Sanchez, like, I'm towards the end. So once I started saying names that were like, like around the R's and stuff like that, I was like, Oh, I'm about to be next somewhere here, you know? So then, um, right. Whenever the teacher, before she even said my name, I'd be like, it's Kathy. And they're like, mm -hmm. Oh, okay. So then they would make a note that like, I go by Kathy. So it made it like, so everybody could like relate or like understand or, you know, be able to say my name really. Um, but then as I got older and as I got at like into high school and I was like, I was like, you know what? No, it's Katiana. Okay. It's Katiana. You're going to say it or whatever. You know what? I'll even take Katiana. If you want to say Katiana, Hey, that's fine too, but that's my name. <laughs> yeah. So. so what, damn, like that brings up so much because 
I definitely want to talk about like your experience in immigration. Um, my husband, he works in a tattoo shop around lots of people from Mexico and like having those conversations and us who have been born and raised American, we don't know shit about that experience. And we also only know what we see online. So keep that in the back of your mind because I want to go there. But when you, I would, I, I want to hit on like when you just decided like, fuck that. My name is Katiana. Like what? Did something happen? Did someone say something to you? Was there a pivotal moment? Or like, how did you come to terms with like, yeah, I'm not Kathy? Yeah, I think it, um, I think it was, you know, um, around middle school towards like, honestly, it was towards the, I'm sorry, towards the end of high school, not middle school. It okay. was actually towards the end of high school where my life was just like in complete shambles. Um, and I realized one of the first things in my healing journey that I had to heal was the people pleasing uh, thing that I had in me. And I think that that was that first transformation where it was like, I'm not pleasing people anymore. You know, mm -hmm. I'm going to be true to who I am. I'm going to speak my mind. I'm going to, you know, be authentically who I am. And if you like it, you like it. If you don't, that's okay too, right? Mm -hmm. um, and that first thing was like, I'm not going to cater to you guys anymore. My name is not Kathy. My name is Katiana. So, you know, take that for what it is. Do what you want with that, right? So that was where it was like, everywhere I would go there, I'd be like, oh, hi, my name is Katiana. Oh, hi, my name is Katiana. Like, I just started using my real name. Um, and... You know, even when people would challenge me and be like, oh, is there something shorter? I was like, no, like I was standing my ground. I was like, no, that's I don't have a short. I mean, honestly, part of me was just being like very like, you know, I'm standing on business, you know, um, <clears throat> because I do my my family does. But it's literally my family. They're the only people that call me Kati. Mm. Um short because my name is K K A T I. So that's Kati and then Anna. So Kati, Anna. And so um, my most of my family, they're the only ones that call me Kati. I've never heard my name like Kati outside of house. It, it was yeah. like weird. Um, so it was interesting that, you know, um, later in my adult life, like two years ago when I was 33 years old, I was dating this guy. And um, uh, he said, he said, he said, he said, he said, hey, Kati. And I was like, Kathy, I was like, <laughs> I was like, where'd you get that from? And then he goes, I don't know. Like, I just think it's cute. And I was like, no, but I'm like, my family calls me that, but like, nobody knows that though. You know what I mean? So yeah. it was just like weird, but I was like, I mean, I, I, so I was okay with it because my family calls me that. Right. So I was like, okay, whatever. And then once I started dating him, then everybody was like, Oh, Kathy, 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 you know? So I was like, okay, that's fine. But yeah. yeah, other than that, it was just like, no, I'm standing on business. My name is Katiana. It is what it is. And that was that turning point for me. It was like one of the first things of my healing journey. That's been like 18, 19, somewhere around there, yeah. um, where it was just like, okay, let, I started doing the work and I started, you know, um, unpacking so much. So my healing journey actually started a bit at a very young age. But interestingly enough, though, through the trauma, through the hurt, um, I've spoken on a couple of podcasts about, you know, uh, my relationship with my dad, because my dad was very, very abusive. Mm -hmm. um, and so 
you know, like that kind of set the tone for a lot of things moving forward in my relationship uh, or in my, in my life. And so, um, you know, I always knew there was, there was something in me that just always knew this isn't right. You know what I mean? But I, but I, I didn't connect any, I couldn't connect anything, you know, but it was just like, this doesn't feel right. It's like, I'm, I don't think that this is how it's supposed to be. Right. There was this like, I don't think this is how it's supposed to be. Right. But then in our culture, in the Mexican culture, it's like you beat your kids. Right. It's like you do, you know, you you got to whatever with the belts and the this and the, you use all kinds of tools or whatever. Right. So yeah. it's very custom in our culture. But for me, it was just like I get the culture, but this doesn't seem right. You know, like this doesn't feel right. I don't think this is how you're supposed to do it. Right. Mind you, I didn't know anything. I'm seven, eight years old. I don't know anything. Um, but you know, that kind of, so then like, I always kind of knew, but then once I hit 18, I was just like, you know what, like I need to fix me because I had a child at 16, um, almost 17. So by this point, it's like, I need to be better for her because I'm so broken. I can't even help you, you know? Yeah. So, yeah. So that's about, it sounds like so much like came together for you. And ironically enough, you haven't said this, but just me being a teen mom as well, we can look back and I, you can tell me if you agree, but it's like, and I think with anyone, even if anyone is listening and they weren't a teen mom, like we can go back to like you, like you saying you had a piece of dad or whatever our turmoil was, whatever, like that negative experience we had, we can look back and see how that pivoted us in some kind of way. So it sounds like to you, like things kind of came to a head. You're like, no, my name is Kathiana. No, you know, I'm not going to be abused anymore. No, this isn't right. You know, oh, I need to get myself together for my daughter. So, and, it, and it's such a beautiful young age of like also knowing nothing about life like being able to do that for yourself is like so beautiful when you think back to the people pleasing that you know man we can talk about that for hours of like not only how we're conditioned in our households because I don't care I really don't think it's like a, a cultural thing as far as people pleasing I mean right. we're, we raise kids to do what we say like we right even you know white folks black folks Mexicans like it doesn't matter like their property in a way and like you do right. what I say and that kind of thing and I think that's just a overall humanity thing. And, and I think societal has so much to do with that. But when you think about like your people pleasing that you learned, being abused, having a baby young, like what do you think, how do you think before you was like, oh, this isn't right. And like really transform yourself. How do you think mm -hmm. that like it, it, um, what, how do I want to say this? How did it, I can't think of the word. How did that show up in how you were treated outside of your house with other people? Um, the, um, the part when I was like at home. Yeah. Like when you were going through and like, now you can look back like, oh, I was people pleasing. Oh, I was this or that. But the things that you learned, right. Like having to conform, like, I don't want people laughing at me and, you know, having to like kind of shrink yourself in a way. And then yeah. I think that goes along with the, the people pleasing. What did you see? Like that caused you to experience outside of your house, like with other people, relationships, you know, whatever, as you grew up. Yeah, um, I think that, you know, growing up, you know, I always gravitated because of what was going on at home. I always gravitated towards the the people that um, were kind of in similar boats, similar mm. situations, you know, like the troubled teens. Right. The, the, the people in the gangs, the you know, because to a certain degree, they also had something going on at home that was causing them 
to react in their way. So it's almost like all these people like are just like living like these chaotic private lives at home. But then like we would come together at school and just be kids and just be whatever we were when we would find Mm -hmm. that connection through the pain, through the hurt, through the similarities of, you know, home. Um, And so, you know, um, but you know, it affected also how I engaged in romantic relationships, right? Like that affected it a lot as well, because of especially the people pleasing part, right? I mean, I had so many different people pleasing is just like, not, you know, one of the many things that I had to heal from. But you know, when it came to relationships, it's like, I just like, so desperately just wanted to be loved because I wasn't getting it at home. Um, So it's like, I was willing to do anything, put up with anything, you know, whatever it was just for that smidge of like, love, right. And um, it was just, it was in all of my relation, like romantic relationships. So mm. yeah, it just like, it, it kind of like lowers um, your, your value almost, you know, because you're, you're allowing people to mistreat you, you're allowing and then it just kind of like, as I got older, into high school and things like that, then it just kind of got into like, um, where if it wasn't abusive, if it wasn't chaotic, like how it was with my dad, then it was weird. It was like, oh my God, yes. It was kind of like, wait, like, so you're not going to hit me? Like, I just, you know what I mean? So it was like, it was like really weird, you know? And um, I remember um, the first time that I dated someone that was like normal, right? Mm -hmm. Quote unquote, Um, we got into some argument. He goes, gosh, you're such a brat. And I was like, what did you call me? Because I'm used to being called a bitch, a whore, a slut, a whatever, like all these other like yeah. names, you know? And and he goes, you're just such a brat. And I'm like, and I started laughing. I was like, and then it, I like turned it around. I'm like, you're such a pussy. Like who says that? Mm-hmm. Then I started attacking him. You know what I mean? Because that's all I knew. I'm like, who, the fuck, who says that? You're a little bitch for saying that. Like a brat, like grow up. Grow some fucking balls. You know what I mean? Like, I just, like, completely, when it was, like, really, he was in the right, I was in the wrong. You know what I mean? Wow. Um, so then it's, like, not knowing how to coexist in these healthy relationships. And then it's the unlearning of all of that, right? So it's, like, it was, it's been a lot of work, to say the least. Um, but it's interesting. I think that because I was pregnant as a teen, mm-hmm. I kind of had to start the healing a lot sooner than typically people do, right? You'll have 30-year-olds, 32-year-olds that had never stepped foot, 35-year-olds, right? That never stepped foot in in a therapy a point, a session or a counseling or something, you know? They've never stepped foot in those. They don't know what that is. They don't know what it looks like. But, you know, they're, they at least have some sort of awareness. Like I have these, these certain patterns, but it's not to the level to where they go seek it. And I think part of that is also just, you know, a lot of people just don't know about, um, you know, therapy. There's like such a negative, um, you know, thing about 
therapy. Yeah, I think especially in the black culture, and it's not, I think your culture is Oh, similar and the Latinos to the black culture. too. And the Latinos too. Yeah, for sure. Like Yeah. I remember my mom, like I literally told my mom, I was like, you should go talk to a therapist. And I've told her that for years and years. She goes, I'm not crazy. I was like, I didn't say you were crazy. I said, I just like, it's not about being crazy. You know, it's like, it's okay. Um, and it's not up until recently. She's about to be 60 next year. And where she's just like, yeah, maybe I do need to talk to someone. It would probably help me. I was like, yeah, Oh my gosh. you're like a, you're like a neutral person, you know? So it's like being able to have also these impacts too, you know, into people and getting them away from the culture, what the culture says, what the norms are. And it's like, let's just create our own norm. Yes, I love everything you're saying because it's so true to, oh my gosh, I don't even know where to start. Like the teen parenting, yes, when you have a baby and you're like, I need to take care of this person, it just pushes you into personal growth. If I, my, my son saved my entire life. I was literally going down the entire wrong path. He really pivoted me to like, mm, we're going this way. So God really blessed me in like that way, looking back and how beautiful it is that your mom is like now, like mm, maybe, and I want like everyone listening. Cause I talk to a lot of people and we are first generations in some kind of way. We are doing things differently in our families and it is hard When I go to family events, I have always been the black sheep. I've always done things differently, even things down to breastfeeding, being the first one in my family to like openly do that or do it for long term in any kind of capacity. And people looking like, why is she doing that? You should be covered. What is going on? Like, and that is hard to step into a culture, your family, who taught you, who embedded these core beliefs in you of what's wrong, what's right. So I just want to pause and like really Thank you for doing that. And we see in real time how, like, like you said, your mom, almost 60, you are inspiring her in ways that you never would have imagined. And that's just what she said. People are watching our family, our friends, people in our culture. They're watching what we're doing. Everyone is looking for someone to tell them it's OK to do things differently. So, like, do your shit. Like, anyone listening, like, really step out. Like, when something, when you said It just didn't feel right being abused. Like many of us have been abused and some of us don't see that as wrong or like, oh, it's, I know people are like, oh yeah, I'm so glad my mom beat me. It did this, it did that, it did the other. So if you're called to be like, mm, that doesn't feel right. There's a reason for that and to step into that. And I want to point out too, because I hear people say, and I used to think this too, oh, I'm preparing my kids for the real world. I'm, you know, when we're mean to our kids and we're doing all these things, hitting them and stuff like that, that was said in my culture a lot. And I want to really point out what you said. I was actually thinking about this the other day. So I think it's really going to be helpful here when you talked about being treated a certain way and then expecting that in the real world, almost seeing it as like something's wrong with that person when they treat you with decency and respect. That when we say we're preparing people for the real world, I was literally thinking this the other day, like, you don't actually have to prepare people. Like, we don't have to, like, be mean to our children and mistreat them so that they're prepared for people mistreating them. What actually happens is we conform them to think that is normal. So when they go out there and they are mistreated, like, this is just the news. Like, this is just what happens every day. Yeah, I get hit at home. I get hit here. I get, you know, talked to any kind of way. This is like our nervous system is used to that. 
Whereas mm -hmm. like you, when people are being nice and you're like, wait, what's wrong with you? Whereas we start treating children like with love and respect and all the things that we know is good for us in the long term. Then when they go out there and they are mistreated, you're like, mm, hold up, what's wrong with you? Like their navigation, their internal navigation system will see that as off. So we don't have to prepare people for that kind of thing. Yeah. So thank you for sharing that. Exactly. I think that that's like a big miss. There's, there's just like, so there's a way to instill certain core values, uh, beliefs and, you know, behaviors into your kids without the pain. Mm -hmm. Oh my gosh. You know? wow. There's wow. a way there, there's a way. Um, and I think that people parent, you know, there's no rule book to being a parent you know, um, and so sometimes uh, people do what's easiest because here's the thing. Kids are going to challenge you. They're going <laughs> to challenge you. You're going they're going to challenge you in like ways that like they're not even aware that they're challenging you in, you know, like the kid is crying. You know, you're a first time parent, the kid is the ba the infant is crying. You already fed it. You already changed their diaper, but they're still crying. It's like do you have the patience to handle this? Yes. Right. So it's teaching you patience and they're like, they, they don't even know they're just existing, you know? So I think that a lot of people, you know, um, become parents and realize very early on, like, Oh yeah, this is not for me because mm. the thing about being a parent is that you don't know if it's for you or not until you have one. Wow. You know, but then sometimes it's too late because yeah. they're here. Yeah. So then you rebel against the changes that it's demanding of you. You rebel against the, um, you know, the lessons that they're trying to teach you. Um, you rebel against it um, in ways that people don't really see it as rebelling. You know, um, they just see it as like, you know, discipline, every kid needs, needs discipline, right? So then like, versus like, well, instead of hitting the child, why don't we try to figure out what's actually going on within the child? And then we can troubleshoot it from that angle. Um, but of course, that would require you to bring yourself down, control your emotions, control yourself, and think logically. Um, and then people will just go against They rebel against it. They're like, I don't want to do that. You know, this is the easier route um, yeah. subconsciously, I guess, you know. Oh, my God. You're saying so much. And it's so true that it's it's easier just to hit and do it. You, like, you hit and you get an immediate response. Like, and I don't have to, like, look myself in the mirror and slow myself down, like you said. And like, oh, actually, you're triggered right now. You're and you're the adult. So it's like we're trying to parent ourselves. Or even just handing a kid an iPad. You know, it's like, I don't want to hear it. Here's the, I like, okay, here, Ooh, just here, yes. here. Like, I don't, you know, whatever it is. Or like, if they're at the grocery store and they're acting a whole, you know, ass, it's like, yep. here, take this here. You want this? And then it's like, or they'll give them something that they're not really supposed to be playing with, you know, keys or whatever. And they're slobbering and germs just so that they could just shut up and let you do what you need to do. And it's like, you know, but then that gets you know, that's already modeling a specific behavior psychologically to the kid. And so as they get older into two, three, four year old, they're like, I don't understand. I don't know why. And it's just like, well, you know. Yeah, started from the beginning. Back. So with yeah. you being a parent of three babies, 
Tell us their ages and how you've incorporated like emotional management for yourself. It sounds like it's probably not something you learned or saw in the home growing up. So how did that look for you? Like parenting, trying to get your emotions together and then teaching them that. And what are their ages? I know you said they were teens. Yeah. So my oldest daughter, she's 19. Um, she is going to UCSD for law. Mm -hmm. um, and so we're not sure what law school she's going to go to yet, but you know, that's her plan. And nice. she actually has a, um, she works part-time at a, at a law firm too. So Ooh. yeah, so she's kind of got, she's, she's got a really good head on her shoulders. Um, and then I have a 14 year old son and um, that's, the one that challenges me and um, the one that is the most, um, he's super funny. He's got a very lighthearted personality, gets along with everybody, um, but he's definitely the challenging one. <laughs> um, and then my 13 year old, um, she's like, um, the girls are just so like easier, I guess. Mm -hmm. um, independent and, you know, all of that. She's my artsy one. She's my antisocial. She hates people. Mm -hmm. Um, it's, you know, anytime we have to go outside, it's like, it's too peopley outside. I don't want to do it. You know, like anything that involves like her going to like, you know, church to the groups, to the kids group, forget it. She's not doing it. Like <laughs> she's just like, just give me pencils and a pad. Let me sketch. Let me draw. She's like the creative one. Right. She's really, really good at art. She like literally is in a class with like nothing but adults. So wow. she's like really good at it. Um, I've been thinking about maybe trying to, you know, sell some of her pieces, but we'll see. I don't know where she wants to take it, but I'm here for just empowering them on whatever avenue they want to do. You know, I support them with whatever they want. Um, but yeah, so they're teenagers, but yeah, navigating, you know, a lot of that, um, the, like the thing is that, you know, we're, we have to lead by example, um, no matter what age they're at, infant, 19 year old, right, doesn't matter. Um, because even when I recently earlier this year went through a breakup, I had to model how you handle that, because they're watching. Mm -hmm. I've got eyes on me 24 seven, every single experience of my life, I am modeling it for them. And so one is being aware of that, right? First step is being aware. There's eyes on you 24 seven. It's like almost like pretend like you're um, a celebrity, right? And you've got paparazzis everywhere. What, mm. Like think of it like that. What are you going to do? Are you going to be on your best behavior? Or are you just like, I don't care, you know? So, mm. um, cause even the other day we were at church and, um, there the the parking lot gets really crazy when everyone's trying to leave and there's like a couple like a it's like a one two three type of intersection type of thing and so it's like one 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 you know everybody takes their turn type of thing right. well this one car um you know I let her go and I was like oh go ahead because she was coming from this side but the car right behind her decided to piggyback off of her and just keep like literally was right on her bumper so that it was like two two, two yep. cars could go and then um, uh, my daughter was like, my daughter, my 13-year-old, she was in the car. She's like, what are they doing? She goes, does she not know? I was like, it's okay, baby. It's fine. And she goes, no, but she's not supposed to do that. I was like, I know. 
that's like, but it is what it is, you know? Mm-hmm. And so she, and then the lady like finally comes in and then my daughter goes, you're not supposed to do that. And I was like, <laughs> I was like, Lanaya, stop. I'm like, it's okay. I'm like, it's going to be fine. I'm like, there's nothing we can do. She already did what she was going to do. I was like, we just let people, we just let God handle all of that. You know what I mean? We don't get involved with that type of stuff. I'm like, God will figure it out. It's not our job in this world to right people's wrongs for them. And that's mm. not our job. No, we don't do that. Um, and so it's interesting because um, then like a couple, like later on in that day, she goes, she goes, that's not for me to figure out. I was like, there you Ooh, go. Let's yes. Go. You know, so it's like, it's like little things like that. That's like constantly you're being watched. And so especially like the really, because I was having a conversation yesterday. I went to a Christmas dinner and this girl was sharing, this lady, she was sharing how she's been having such a hard time with her 16 year old daughter and they're just at odds and they're constantly bumping heads and they just don't have the best relationship. And um, I said, you know, one of my biggest tips is be vulnerable, Mm. be vulnerable and share Um, because the more you can relate to them, the more that they see you as a human versus authority and power, um, the more that it, that that relationship is going to change. And she goes, you know what? It's so funny you say that because yesterday was the first time I ever actually cried in front of her and shared how I felt about certain things. And that conversation went so well. And I'm mm. like, yeah, I'm like, see, I'm like, you know. But when you're sharing custody, though, you kind of have to be a little careful with that, though, Um, because she has a really nasty custody thing, which I also had too. And so I told her, it's okay for us to share what we're going through in our personal lives with our kids to a certain degree um, to help them. That that's like for me, that's like huge. Right. But when you have custody and the other parent is like narcissistic it's chaotic it's like drama you have to be vulnerable but in a different angle so if your kid is like struggling with you know bullying or whatever whatever it is or like they're just whatever then you have to say you know what I remember when mommy one time when I was in school this happened to me you know Mm -hmm. and it really like messed me up Like, I remember crying about it. I remember, like, I felt like my parents weren't really understanding. Like, so you give them examples from your past, but not current. Because Mm -hmm. the other parent, you don't know what they're going to take back to the other parent. And so then the other parent might use that as leverage to one-up you in court or whatever, right? Um, So with my daughter, my oldest, you know, the, the custody was terrible with her. It was just... The dad is just awful. So I kept a lot of stuff private about my personal life and even like my home and the purchase and the this. And she, cause I remember one time she was like, she was like, mom, did we buy this house or did we rent this house? And I said, oh, I said, what do you ask? I said, why do you ask? And she was like, well, because my dad asked me, he goes, hey, that house that your mom got is like, are you guys renting it or are you guys buying Mm -hmm. it? She goes, and I I didn't know. And I said, it's okay. You don't have to know. And it's okay. You don't have to have all the answers, you know, because you're not going to know. But also another thing is not lying to my kids. I'm not going to lie to them. And I'm not going to 
because at the end of the day, that was her truth. Her truth yeah. is she didn't know. And that was real. That was true. She didn't know. So her answer to her dad was true. It was honest. It was genuine. And I always wanted that to all her answers going back to her dad to be true, honest, and genuine. Mm. And so I was never the type to, because then if you think about it, if you're like, oh, don't tell your dad that I'm doing this or don't tell your dad. Because honestly, it's so funny because the other day, my daughter, she was like having issues with her dad. And she was like, my dad, like the way he treats his partners, women, you know, in relationships. Yeah. And she's just speaking very negatively about that. And then she goes, she goes, and with you, it's like, I never, like, you never dated anybody. Like you were just all by yourself all the time, just focused on your kids. And I was like, oh, that's what you thought. I was like, okay. <laughs> you know, I was like, sure was, sure was. You know? <laughs> I love that. Um, because like how I model, again, they're watching us 24 seven. So when you was with your daddy and somebody was here, you didn't know that. Do you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. um, because you was over there, you know, and to her, to the best of her knowledge, that was her truth. She yes. never saw me with no man. And that is true, honest and genuine. I love that. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because it's like, you don't know what they're going to take back to the other side. So when you're co-parenting, it's like, you can still instill certain things. You can teach him to be honest. You can teach him to be, you know, um, tell the truth um, by how you model and how you behave in front of them and what type of information you're displaying in front of them. You want them to see um everything. And even if you're crying or you're going through something and they're like, Oh, mommy, what's wrong? And it's just like, you don't have to lie. Just say, mommy's sad right now. I'm really sad. I'm really hurt. Something happened in life. I'm not kind of ready to kind of talk about it, but maybe we could talk about it later. Right. It's because they need to know that we're human, you know, that we feel too. Um, mm -hmm. And I think that that kind of breaks those barriers with kids and communication. Cause a lot of people say, how do your kids tell you all this nonsense? And I'm like, because I give them that freedom, you know, mm. because I also share some nonsense with them too, you know? So it's, we're, we're all a family of nonsense. Okay. Like my son, <laughs> my son was like, mom, the, like the other day, I like, I hope you don't get mad, but like I left the campus from high school and we went down to like the McDonald's or something, you know, whatever. I was like, oh, I was like, okay. I was like, well, I mean, he goes, it was, but it was after school, you know? And I was like, so we're, you didn't go to practice? He goes, yeah, but we had like 30 minutes or something. I was like, oh, okay. I was like, well, just next time, just text me so that I'm not worried thinking that you're on campus and you're not. He's like, oh, okay. You know? And then it's like, man, my kids would have never told me that. And I'm like, I, it's just, it's how you model that behavior of, you know, how you want, how you want them to, it, it's like, you know, they say, don't do as I say, do as I do. That's what it is with kids. It's like, Ooh, do yeah. as I And you also, what I'm hearing too, and seeing is that you created safety. Like when you create that safety for your kids to just be themselves, I mean, kids are going to be and do what they want anyway. And so the more safety we can create, the more we can help them guide, help guide them while they're doing their thing. Right. Yeah. And I want, because many people can relate to like co-parenting and what you shared there. And that's, it takes a level of emotional awareness to be the bigger person in that. And to like, what I'm hearing is like, 
you created a space where she didn't have to feel like she had to be this way at home, be this way with her dad. Oh, should I say this? Should I say that? Well, my mom know this, you know, all that she was just like being herself. And that's so beautiful because one, that's her dad, period. Like it's always going to be her dad and you allowed her and are allowing her to have her own relationship with him. Like that's your, you know what I mean? Being there for her. But then she doesn't feel, I find like a lot of parents talk about their kids or a lot of adults who were in the similar situations, like they constantly felt pulled, like they needed to please each parent and like kind of change who they are when they're over each house. So I love this so much. Yeah. And I think it's because of how, you know, um, it's so true when they say that, you know, when the parents are toxic and can't get along, the only one that gets affected is the kid. That is mm -hmm. so true. And I always, I never wanted to be that parent ever. I'm like, do not put that on my resume as the one that ruined my child because I know what it's like to have parents that ruined me. And I mm. never want to do anything that's going to uh, affect them in a way where now they got to seek therapy as adults or they're damaged or they're hurt like ever. So I never once spoke anything negative about her dad ever. Did I have negative things to say? Absolutely. Right. I'd be like, girl, just right. girl, <laughs> just, you know what I'm saying? But like never to her though, you know what I'm saying? And they actually did the opposite. They tried to brainwash her since she was little. They just tried your mom, this, your mom, that, da, da, da. And then, um, you know, she just kind of grew up with this, like, oh, if you do this, you know, if you... Uh, go to court and you say that you want to live with your mom, you're going to be so fucked up. You know that, right? Like you wow. have to say that you want to live with your dad. So like they just kind of did all this brainwashing, but I honestly just let it be. I didn't fight it. I didn't try to defend myself. I didn't nothing. Wow. I just let it be because now she lives here with me 24 seven. She doesn't go nowhere. She's permanently in my house. When she turned, not even 17, she she was 17 when she decided she wanted to live here. You know, mm -hmm. she was just so fed up with her dad. She has a terrible relationship with him um, because, of you know, when they get older, they're going to see. They can the see for color. themselves. They can see for themselves, you know, and it's we and in, in, in Mexico, we have a saying that says, you know, they they tried to cover the sun with their thumb. Like, you can't do that. You can't uh -huh. cover it up. You can't cover it up. You know, it's impossible. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, eventually the sun is going to do what the sun does. It's going to shine. It's going to, you know, do what it do. So um, I've always believed that. And so for me, it's like, okay, that's fine, whatever, you know. And then it got to the point where she would be like, you know, you guys are always the ones talking shit about her. And then they're like, oh, yeah, well, what about the stuff she says about us? And she's like, my mom never says nothing about you guys. I'm like, Ooh. I never did. You know, so like they'll know the truth when they get older, like they'll start to put all the pieces together. Everything will start to make sense eventually for them. You know, oh, and, man. Um, that's yeah. going to be so helpful for so many people going through that. Uh, I'm just so glad you shared that story. When you talk about Mexico, I know I said in the beginning, I wanted to wrap back to immigration. I think that we in America need to like really be more cognizant of like you guys' experience and if nothing else to know that we don't know shit. Like we only <laughs> know what we see on 
the news and what's yeah. portrayed. And so like from your experience, how was it coming from coming to a different culture, different country, especially like, did you have experiences around people who didn't want you here? Um, did your parents, like, how was that immigrating over? Yeah. I mean, I think, you know, for people that say that there is no racism, they're just oblivious. They just never, they've just never been received it you know but racism is still very much alive and well you know and it's thriving unfortunately um but yeah coming to um another country I mean I think that that's probably where I get some of my ambition from is from my dad Mm -hmm. um my dad you know because in Mexico the thing about Mexico is that um I love my country man but it's just so jacked up because you know there is no public school systems over there. There is no public mm. school. It Everything is tuition based. Everybody's wearing uniforms. Everything is private pretty much. Right. Mm. Um, but then it's like there's levels to it. Right. So then like the super prestigious ones are going to be more expensive, obviously. But you're paying from the moment you're in kindergarten till that's why you see a lot of people, a lot of kids, young kids selling stuff on the streets. Um, because their parents can't afford to put them through school because it's expensive. Mm. Um, so there is no public school system out there. Hence why a lot of kids are ignorant. They don't know how to read, write, whatever. Right. Um, I live 25 minutes away from an international border to Mexico. Um, and, um, you know, we cross the border often it's here down here in Southern California. It's a thing. It's like, Hey, let's cross the border. And, have some fun, turn up and we'll cross right back. You know, it was a thing and it still is a thing. Um, But in that crossing, you get to see how they live over there. And it's so crazy because it's literally just a border and it's two separate worlds. And it's like over here, you're like riding your range, you know, and then you cross over and there's kids and toddlers asking for money and begging for food and trying to sell all kinds of candies and roses and things like that just to provide for their families. And, um, you know, to see little kids like that, it's just like it's it's always a reminder of where I come from and where I could have ended up, you know, because my dad was like, you know what, I'm not going to make it. I'm not going to be able to put these kids through school, you know, and my dad was like. I'll be damned if they don't get an education. He goes, you know, I heard that over there on the other side of that border, there's free education though. I heard that. He goes, so let me see, you know, let me see what they talk about pretty much. Um, And my dad had um, bought my mom a house over there. They were pretty established. Um, He was a carpenter by trade. Um, In Mexico, it's all trade-based or career for the wealthier people. So you're always doing some sort of trade for people. You're, you're doing a trade for, you know, my dad was a carpenter, iron workers, whatever, to, you know, exchange your services for money or whatever, um, or um, a career, you know, like attorneys and architects and whatever. So my dad, you know, was able to kind of get them a house, but they he convinced my mom to sell everything that they had um, to come to a country where they didn't know the language, they didn't have nothing lined up, there was no job, there was nothing. And it was just like, let's just see what happens type of thing. So he took the bold move of packing up his entire family, two young kids to move to a country where there was nothing. He knew nobody and um, see where it took him. Um, So obviously that illegal process was pretty hard because it's illegal. Um, But he tried to do it the safest way for us, as safe as possible. So we actually crossed through the actual international border um, but because we were so young and back in the day, 
um, the laws weren't so strict and the borders weren't so crazy, you know, um, we were able to cross over. And then um, he got us a place with the money, he, uh, uh, an apartment. But my dad kept getting deported. And so he was like the main breadwinner. So every time 10 o'clock rolled around and my dad wasn't home, my mom was like, so then my mom would sit there on the phone. Like, you know, it's like those old school phones with the cords. She would sit there next to the phone, like waiting for the call because she already knew what had happened. And so she was just like, whenever he'll call, you know, sure enough, she'd be there till like three, four in the morning. And then she'd get the, she'd get the call. And my dad was like, I got deported. And she was like, okay. So whatever money he had saved up to become a U.S. citizen now had to get used to pay the coyote people yeah. to bring them back over. So it was like back to square one. It's like, he was trying to do it the right way, you know, but it just like, it just, they wouldn't, they wasn't going to let him live, you know? Um, Cause back in the day, there was a lot of profiling, you know, where it's like, if you looked like you were illegal, you would get taken. They would mess and, with you. Like, and, just yeah. as long as, yeah, as long as you look illegal or like you didn't belong here, you, they were able to like raid places back in the day. They would raid all the places where the Mexican people would work and just literally take trucks full of people and deport them all back. Um, now they're not allowed to do that. Um, mm -hmm. But back in the day, that's kind of how it was. A lot of the legal law, like uh, immigration laws have changed, but not so much. But even just that whole journey was you know, really tough because, you know, it's like my mom, you know, it would take my dad like two weeks to come back. And so it's just my mom and me and whatever money she had to keep us going by and until my dad would get crossed back. And so it was a lot of that back and forth, back and forth. And then finally, you know, one time my dad was able to um, save enough money to be a U.S. citizen and he did it the right way. And back in the day, the laws were a lot easier because me and my brother, we automatically became what's called naturalized citizens. Okay. Um, and so um, because we didn't have to go through, but now it's harder because now it doesn't matter if your dad gets citizenship and you're underage, they have to wait till those kids are 18 to go through their own process. Like you cannot like, Dang. it's a little bit harder. It's a little bit harder now. Um, I think you can apply for your kids, but I'm not quite sure what that process is, but it's not an automatic thing like how it used to be back in the day. Mm -hmm. um, and I don't know much about the immigration laws, to be quite honest, but, you know, just that whole journey too. It's like, you know, um, I think that that's where I get a lot of my ambition from. And for me, it's like, you know, it's like, I have to make something of myself because the last time that my dad came to the United States, I think that that's where he was like, I can't keep doing this anymore. Cause he actually almost died in those tunnels mm. trying to come back. Cause those tunnels are like pitch black. Like you cannot see anything. You have to be guided by somebody. And that's what the coyote men are. The okay. coyote, yeah, the coyote men are the people that know all the ways to cross you illegally, whether it's through a tunnel, whether mm -hmm. it's at a certain time through the mountains, whether it's through the river, whether it's through whatever there, they know the, the territory, the land, they know what what times they post up and all of that. They've mm -hmm. gotten the whole trick down. So they charge, I think, like 20,000, maybe even more now, 80, 50,000 to cross people over. Back wow. in the day, it was cheaper. I think back in the day, it was like 5000 or something like that. But then at that time, 5000 was also a lot of money. So, you know, um, but yeah, so um, 
my dad almost got stuck in one of those tunnels and um, he almost died and got left there. Wow. Um, and so that's when he was just like, I, that was the, that was a straw for him. He's like, I have to figure out a way to not get caught and get the raid and, you know, get deported back because I like, I can't keep doing this. Um, so I think that for me, just like knowing that it's like, I had to make something of myself because otherwise it would have been like a slap to their face and to everything that my dad ever tried to accomplish, you know, and the reason why he even came here, you know, and I know that my dad was actually really disappointed when neither one of us went to college, because that was like the whole he wanted us to have a career, have a good life. He didn't want us struggling. He didn't. So you know, and you know, the entrepreneur journey, that's a struggle. <laughs> so it took my dad a, a while to, for him to be to accept that I wanted to be an entrepreneur. Yeah. And you're um, like extremely successful though. Like tell so us all about it. that. Yeah. yeah and I think because that's also like the fear, right? Like we're moving into a space now where we are feeling safer about that. But back when your dad brought you over, like if you didn't go to college, you failed period. So exactly. Makes sense. Yeah. So, you know, then fast forward, I was like, um, I'm quitting my job at the state. Um, I, had been there for like five years. I was already vested. I had all my, uh, you know, retirement plan. That That's the type of job you retire from, right? Mm -hmm. It's like, you're set, you know, if you get your, you know, because I work for the state of California for the Department of Public Health. Um, and the, you know, the CDC, so the Center for Disease oh, Control yeah. and everything to do with diseases and stuff like that and public health. So yeah. a lot of the times, interestingly enough, we would actually cross the border and do, you know, meetings over there with the health officials from over there because the health officials from over there would connect with the health officials here on like what's crossing the border what diseases are crossing the border what's happening how can we mitigate all of this right so I was like I'm quitting my job and they're like to do what and I was like real estate and they're like what and I I didn't have anything lined up I was a licensed realtor I had just gotten licensed I didn't have anything um no deals no nothing but just an excitement and a passion, you know, like, oh, I'm gonna figure it out. I'm gonna figure it out. Um, and so my mom, my, they were like, are you crazy? They're like, what about the kids? Like you have three kids. I'm like, I don't know. We gonna figure it out. They're like, do you even have anyone he's saying? I'm like, no, but I mean, I'm going to do good. I'm going to do real estate though. I like, like real estate is a lot of money. Like you get a lot of money. And they're like, but you don't have anything. I'm like, but I'm going to go get that though. You know? So it's like, they were like, not okay with it. And my dad was so disappointed, so disappointed. And they were so against it. But now like I give them money and I help them financially. And so now they're like, oh my God, they're so proud now, you know? But it's like, I, it's like, it's almost like they had to see it first, you know? Yeah. Um, And that's another thing too, in our culture, it's like, we're not, we're not in like inclined to support. It's very like tear it down. It's very fear-based. Just like how the Catholic religion, the Catholic religion is so fear-based. It's like, if you do this, you're going to go to hell. If you do that, you're condemned. God is going to hate you. God is mad at you. God is and it's just like, gosh, that's not the God that I serve. Like, what are mm -hmm. we talking about right now? So everything is fear-based. I mean, even like, I don't know if there's 
Latinos listening, but even from the day you're like two years old, they'll be like, no, don't go over there. El cucuy is going to get you. And it's just like, who the hell is el cucuy? You know what I mean? El cucuy. <laughs> so it's like, it's so fear-based. It's like, it's the monster. They're going to get you. You know, it's like, just to not get the kid to go into a place they're not supposed to, you know? So it's just like, um, so my dad was just like, no, like, what are you doing? You know? And they were like, not supportive at all. And honestly, when you, when you start as a realtor, the first three years are the hardest years ever. And I really wish I would have had some type of support because you're going to have those negative self talks. You know, we're just, you're just like, gosh, what did I get myself into? What did I do? Like I had a really good job with really good money. Like why, you know, you're going to question, you're going to doubt yourself. You're going to, you're already going to do that for yourself. Like you don't need uh, the people around you to also do that, you know? So it literally took everything in me because one, I had to one accept like, okay, I'm in my negative self talk right now you know, but then also get my own self out of it because no one else was going to do it for me. So then it's just like, just keep going, just keep going, you know? And I think for me, having God is really the key to where I am right now, you know, because mm. I literally run to God for everything. It's like, God, I'm so scared right now. God, I am terrified. Like, Holy Spirit, just help me, guide me, speak to me, you know? And um, I can't tell you, I think that, you know, that's literally because when you don't have immediate people in your family that are doing that for you, you need a higher source at this point. Like I need something, you know, and uh, yeah, I have so many questions. Are you okay to go over a few more minutes? Because I told you I was gonna get you out of here. Yeah, 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 yeah. I'm good. Okay. I'm like, I want to be respectful of your time. Oh my gosh, like so much that you're talking about. First of all, so people have reference. Tell us what you've done in real estate. Like we know how you got started. Nothing, no support, struggle. And now how was it looking for you? So now, um, yeah, so I am still a realtor, a licensed realtor. Um, I actually started, before I got licensed, I actually started uh, part-time while I still was working at the state. I was yeah. um, doing, I was working with investors and fi fi flipping houses, yeah. all of that, wholesaling, all of that. I did that for about three years. Um, and then I got licensed. And then once I got licensed, it's like it kind of the world just kind of took me in that direction. And I kind of didn't do much of the wholesaling and the flipping and the none of that anymore. And I became like a full time realtor. Um, and um, it wasn't up until three years ago. Uh, right when COVID actually happened, yeah. where a lot of the loans kind of got stopped. And it was just we couldn't do real estate for a little bit. So then I had to as a single mom improvise, I had to figure something out. And so that's where I created but you know, I always say like, trust, trust every like, don't question why is this happening? Why? Like, just go with it because God has a plan. He has a plan to prosper us and not forsake us. And mm. if that is really true, then this is part of the plan, you know? Mm. Um, so, you know, when that happened, I actually started to do the transaction coordinating business to keep things, you know, the bills paid or whatever, not really thinking much of it. Yeah. But like I said, God had a plan because within that journey is where I found that there was this huge need for a specific type of software that just 
didn't exist. And so that's where, you know, that came about. And so now I'm in the process of developing that. And I just think it was, it's just so beautiful how God kind of lined it all up. Like, you know, I could have sat there and cried during COVID, like, why would this happen? What are you doing, God? I don't get it, you know? But it was like, he's gonna, there's gonna be something here. You know what I mean? Like, I'm just, I'm more of like, now it's like, okay, God, I don't know what this is, but I'm really curious to see what you got up your sleeve. I'm really I curious love to see that. You now. You I know, love that so much. Like, just for, go ahead. I'm sorry. No, no. Yeah. Yeah. I was just gonna say, it's always like, you'll like at the end, it'll all make sense. Yeah. And I'm hearing like your faith in God and for anyone listening, whatever that higher power is for you, like take what she's saying and really put it into your own life. Cause you don't even have to be a realtor, whatever you're doing. I hear you like, this is not just me. I'm co-creating with God. Yeah. I'm trusting because you could have, like you said, when that happened with COVID, your brain is like, no, this is how it's supposed to be. And it's not like this. Something has gone wrong. And you're like, just going with the flow, just like, okay, I'm trusting, I'm fully trusting and like being open to pivoting and look at what that, you know what I mean? Like when I was talking to a friend last night about this because she's going through a really rough patch right now. And like two years ago, money was coming in. They were going on shopping trips. They were vacationing, buying back here, doing all this, doing all that. Now she doesn't even know how to pay her bills. And it's like, this sucks, but life is not supposed to be like this uphill thing, like, or even, you know what I mean? It's not just supposed to be very smooth. Like we go through our valleys and mountaintops and like, that's just part of the experience. Think, You're going to come back. I think to a certain degree, it's also a little bit like ego in that because who do we think we are to, to think that we're exempt from mm. chaos of life? Like, who do you think you are? Like, you think you're just special? You think you're more valuable or you know, you're God's favorite or something that you're just going to be exempt from, you know, life's chaos. Like, no, we're, yeah. we're all in this together, you know? Yeah. And but we're I not taught that either though. Like, you know what I mean? Like you have to expect, like, these are the kind of the entire conversation we just had is in the conversations I have with her often, every single time, these are conversations that we have to like learn ourselves as adults. If we're taught, like, for example, if we're having conversations with our children at the dinner table, how did you feel today? That's awesome. What did you go after and it didn't work out? You know what? How did you feel? Or if you're not failing, then you're not doing much. Like these concepts that we know as adults now. But if we can wire our children from the beginning to know, oh, yeah, failing is part of the process. I'm actually going to fail to succeed. Then they yeah. embrace that. And it's not this thing like, oh, my God what is happening? Life is over because like, we're just conditioned. Like there's a right, there's a wrong way to do everything. And the things aren't just like the, even with our kids, right? When our kids yes, are like, and even like there, there were so many times where like, you know, as a single mom, it's like, I'm breaking down, you know, back in the day, it's like on the, just trying to be an entrepreneur, trying to figure things out. It's like breaking down. And it's like, you know, mom, why are you crying? It's like, I don't have money. I don't know how I'm going to pay the bills. I don't know how I'm going to pay this place, like whatever it was, you know, wherever we were living at at the time. And just then fast forward to now, it's like they can see, oh, these are real emotions. People really do panic during these type of situations. My feelings are valid. You know, I'm really freaking out about X, Y, and Z, you know, like mom freaks out too, you know? Mm. So then it's like, but then look at mom, mom, like we're good now, like we're better or whatever, you know? So I think it just, 
allows you to, um, you know, even like when it comes to relationships too, it's like, you know, the heartbreaks of this, the that, it's just like, that's life. It's mm. going to throw curveballs at you and it's going to see, will you break, you know? And it's just like, all right, you know, but I'm very big on feeling your feelings, feel your feeling, you know, process them, sit with them. Um, because if you just try to run always, if you just try to run, if you just take the the easier way out, you're, you're going to miss the lesson. You're going to miss it. It's going to completely go by you. And then you're going to find yourself saying like, gosh, why can't I, you know, have a successful relationship? Why can't I this? Why can't I, whatever it may be. And it's just like, how about you stop running? How about that? How so, about oh, you just dropped, you just did a drop <laughs> bomb drop there. So <laughs> because I'm thinking of what people are thinking, someone's going through something, right? And they're like, this is just, they're struggling. When you say feel your feelings, process, be what it is, how does that look in real time? Like an example. Ugly. Ugly. Mm. It's ugly. It's painful. It's depressive. Mm. You know? Um, because I think that a lot of people just don't take that time. Like I, you know, earlier this year, you know, I definitely went through 2023 was probably one of my worst years to go down in history for sure. Wow. Um, it's like everything that could go wrong went wrong. Um, but, you know, I definitely found myself extremely heartbroken, extremely heartbroken. Um, and like, I had not been in a place like that in my adult life in a long time. But now I've got teenagers that are watching me. And so it's like, okay, like literally I was like here in my bedroom, just crying. Like I, I'm sure they freaking heard, you know, especially when it's like the, mm-hmm. like that type of like yelling at the top of your lungs. And you're like, what? you know and you're just like letting it like all out just like it's okay feel it feel it it's hurt it's painful it's anger it's the audacity it's the the nerve it's the whatever you know what I'm saying let it out you know and um find an outlet that is healthy for you because I was writing I was writing and journaling and I was like and fuck you for this and fuck you for that you know what I mean like I was just like letting it all out Um, but also, you know, like you said, I'm very transparent too on social media, um, because I think that the world needs more of that. Mm. And I think one, one of the most watched stories of mine was when I was on my knees, crying, pleading to God on my knees, make the pain stop and just Mm. crying and crying. And I was on my knees and people were like, oh my gosh, like, Da, da, da. like oh my god this made me cry oh my gosh like you know like so many people connected and they're like dude you are so strong and mm. it's just like what like I don't know if that's strength but I'm clearly falling apart but okay <laughs> you know um but do whatever like let it out and I literally did not leave my bedroom for a whole month I was in this bed crying I had rolls of toilet paper my eyes were like just you know so swollen so like big and red and my nose everything um Mm -hmm. but um you know 
God, like I, it was, and it also was very depressing because I'm stuck here. There's nothing, you know, and people were like, oh, you should try to get out. You should come out. I was like, I am in no shape or form ready to be out. So you also have to listen to yourself. You have to like be in tuned with yourself because I knew when I was ready and when I wasn't, you know, mm. because like I would find myself taking the kids to school and I was crying on the way back. Mm. I was like, I like every five seconds I was crying. I was like, okay, the moment that I stop crying, that's when I can start going out. But I don't trust myself around people right now because I'm just going to cry. I'm just going to, especially if they're like, oh, hi, how are you? It's like, I'm oh, not fine. I'm, I'm not, you know? Yeah. Um, I want to use your example to point out in this moment what we see happen when we're going through heartbreak usually or what we may be doing. So when people are like, well, how do you process? How do you allow it? How do you, you know, everything you're talking about, if you're going through something and you're scrolling, you're not really there, you're overeating, you're shopping, you're going out, finding the next one, you're doing like when that's like keeping our minds busy. So we're not feeling and being with the process. Yeah. And I think honestly, I know to, let me say this in a way where I got to be careful with this one because I think that, because it might be a little controversial, but I think that you do have to think about it because you know how sometimes people are like, oh, you know, just, just don't spend too much time in there. Like, it's okay to cry. It's okay to whatever, but don't spend too much time. Get yourself out there. Get yourself distracted. Yes. Absolutely. But everybody is different. I did not feel okay until three months after mm -hmm. where I was like, okay, I'm ready to come out to the world now, you know, but three months, that's a long time, you yeah. know? And I know that some people like, like friends, right. They're just like, dude, it's freaking been like a month already, dude. Like, like get over it. Like, or dude, it's already two months. Like I'm a little concerned. Like it doesn't matter. Like Think about it. Talk about it constantly. Like, honestly, I'm so grateful for my best friend because like she's probably sick of it, you know, because it's <laughs> like I'm feeling this today. And, and oh, and another thing, you know, what? <laughs> you know, and then it's like every five minutes it's like, oh, and you know what else, too? Now that I think about it, because what, you know, and it's like, <laughs> yeah, it's like, let it all out. You know, yeah. talk it out, like write it out. Um, hell, record yourself and, yes. and talk it. Whatever, whatever it go is, go to like, a therapist. Um, like whatever go you have to, to do. Go to a therapist. Go. Yes, stay there. Spend you know time what? There until what it need, doesn't hurt. Yeah. What people need to see is that now you're not busy running around. Oh, I gotta do. I gotta because you haven't felt it. Like it doesn't, not that you're not hurt when you think about it. Like we could bring up memories anytime and we create those emotions in our body, but right. it's not like this huge thing over here in the closet that you just kind of shoved in and you got to kind of keep it closed. You took exactly. that time and it took time and it sucked and all that, but now you can experience life. Yes, absolutely. A hundred percent because that is what it is. You know, like now it's like been seven months and it's just like, I'm back to it. I like one of the things that I always like say is like, when you can tell the story without crying, you're good. You're good, you know? Um, but the, even now, like, I'll notice, like, me and my best friend will have a conversation about it. And something, I'll say something, and it'll trigger it. And I'll start crying because I was like, oh, okay, that's there's something there. But then mm -hmm. I, I'm the type of person that it's like, okay, well, let's go there, though. Okay, like, let's, let's figure that out. Like, I want to 
clear it up so that it doesn't come back up again and it triggers me. So like, I'm just like, where are, where's all the dirty laundry? Like, let me figure it yes. all out. Like, I need to, you know, cause I don't want anything. I want to be, have a fresh, clean slate, you know, for my next relationship to where I'm whole, I'm healed. I'm good. I'm not bringing anything from the past. And I feel confident knowing that like, okay, I took care of me first. Cause now mm -hmm. I can go back to giving, you know, like, cause I don't think that, you know, heartbreaks or relationships or certain experiences should um, affect or change who you are to your core. Mm -hmm. You know, this isn't going to stop me from now loving someone. No, I'm going to still do the same things I did. I'm going to love hard. I'm going to be committed. I'm still going to be me. You mm -hmm. know what I mean? But just now it it's sounds like, like it sounds like why it's easier too. when I'm hearing you talk is because you, you're not afraid to experience negative emotion. Like anytime we're running from things and like, oh, no, I can't can't fall in love anymore or not doing that again. It always is because there's something that we're like, no, I'm not willing to experience that. And you're like, oh, yeah, bring it on. Like not that it feels good, but you're ready for it. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I think that, again, like I said, you know, the more that you run away from certain things, it's. It, it, you're missing, you're missing the the lessons, you're missing mm -hmm. the, the change too, because it's going to change you, it's going to make you into a better person, because now you're going to think differently, your perspective is going to change, you're going to be more open minded, you know. Um, but yeah, no, I think that people just are so accustomed, to, especially for those people who didn't have the nurturing that they needed when they were young, Absolutely. when they were kids, they always had to rely on themselves like this is part of like me too you know I had to troubleshoot my own problems by myself a lot of the time because I didn't have those parents to protect me and to give me that safe space so um you know we always revert revert back to I got it I'll figure it out or like mm -hmm. we like just run from certain things and just like handle it the best way we think not even thinking like that's a trauma response. You know, yes. that's not normal. That's not healthy. And you're going to continue to do that until you sit in the ugly, in the chaotic, in the pain. And I think that that so I've been actually using that hashtag throughout this entire time um, called um, it's a uh, painfully beautiful because mm. it's been the most painfully beautiful journey I've been on. Um where there's so much pain, but there's also so much beauty that came from it too, you know, where it's like, but the beauty is who I am, who I became, right? Um, and so, yeah, I think, you know, for people out there in general, it's, you know, stop running, stop running. And it takes, but see, here's another thing too, is that it takes a level of accountability and courage too, yeah. you know, because you have to look inward you know, and you have to say, okay, like I messed up or I, I made this choice or I, a lot of people are just so used to running, you know, because nowadays it's so rare. For example, this is just an example to, to say, like you find a guy, right. And for someone to come to you and say, Hey, I need to talk to you. Like I made a mistake. I cheated, whatever. Right. And I feel awful because you don't deserve it. And I need to I need to walk away from this relationship because I don't feel good about myself right now. I don't mm. like what I did. I don't I don't understand why I did it. I 
No one does that now. No one, everyone would rather say, you're not doing this. You're not doing that. I'm out. Mm. Wait, what? Like, because that would, the other would take you looking inward and you looking at your own mess and you saying, there's something wrong with me. Why do I do this? Why do I think this way? But no one's going to do that. Yeah, it's the harder work. Well, like you just hope with the parents and parenting and, you know, mm-hmm. deciding to parent one way because it's easier because you also have to look within there too. Oh I, my I can't even gosh. tell you how many times I've apologized to my kids. I, <laughs> I apologize because it's like, hey, look, I got it wrong. Yeah. You know what I mean? I'm so, they are probably the ones that I've apologized to the most in my life. I know. Because all about model, that. Modeled behavior, you know, but yeah. Oh my gosh, Katiana, this has been such a beautiful conversation and we could talk so much longer. I have appreciated everything you shared. You guys can think back to the beginning when I was (laughs) like, I just love her and have to have you on. This has helped so many people, like moms, dads, human beings. I'm telling you, let us know. So I know you're a realtor. You kind of, yes. you kind of didn't, you kind of didn't talk really, really heavy about yourself, but she's out here making great money, helping so many people. Yes. Um, I mean, you I really do. I, yeah. I mean, it's, it's a con. Yeah. I mean, business is real estate. I've been blessed. You know, God is always going to provide. I definitely have listings going on right now. I've got a listing on the market. I've got another one coming up. I've got, you know, um, current escrows that are opening up right now. Then I've got the transaction coordinating business and I, my assistant kind of handles that. And I've been going back and forth all morning with my assistant. So yeah, it's, it's a lot, um, you know, definitely have my own investment property. I'm looking to get my own apartment complex now. So it's like, it's just so much going on, but yes. Yeah. So if you're in in Cali, definitely connect with you. And then let me know. Also, um, the transaction like coordinating software that you're creating. I'm so excited to see that develop. I remember even, I don't know if you started posting about it publicly a year or so ago, but I remember first hearing about it and I've been following the journey. So we're all just like rooting you on hundred percent. Let everybody know how we can find you on social and how we can support you and anything else that we haven't mentioned that you'd like to say. Yeah, no, thank you. Absolutely. Um, yeah. So um, social media, you know, Facebook, it's Katiana Sanchez. It's all my name, Katiana Sanchez everywhere. Um, on Instagram and TikTok, it's with two Z's, Katiana Sanchez. So two Z's at the end. Um, somebody else already took the other one. Um, <laughs> but yeah, those are really the main, the only ones that I'm on is Facebook, Instagram, and TikTok. I don't really do Twitter. I don't do the, uh, LinkedIn. I'm not, you know, but yeah. Um, if anybody, yeah, if anybody is in California, you guys are looking to buy, sell, invest, whatever, absolutely. Let me know, reach out to me. Um, and then, um, yeah, even just any of the moms, you know, any moms that are like, gosh, like I'm struggling with this or I'm struggling with that. Like, I just love to pour and help wherever I can and, you know, share some of the many, you know, golden little nuggets that I've learned along the way as a single mom and um, just navigating the co-parenting and the custody battles and the non-custody battles and all of that. So yeah, um, definitely. I'm always uh, down to um, share and um, hopefully people learn something. Oh my God, this has been invaluable. Like even for me, like always, every time I talk to you guys, like you're healing and helping me in so many ways. So I appreciate it. (laughs) Thank you. When you're thinking of last thing I'll ask you and I'll, I'll include all of your links and stuff in the show notes. So people can definitely check you out there. 
when you're thinking of someone who is struggling or you're thinking about that mom that you do want to help, what is one thought that you can give her now that has been helpful for you in your journey? A belief that you have, a thought that you continue to go back to. There's a solution to everything except death. Mm. Oh, shit. <laughs> That's what it, yeah. There is a solution to everything in life except death. So as moms, give yourself grace because there's a solution. It's just, you're just, you just haven't found it yet, but there's a solution to everything. Yes. Um, oh, I love that. So that reminds me of Marie. Thank you. That reminds me of, I want to say here before I forget, Marie Forleo's book, Everything is Figure Outable. Like that figure is- Figure Outable. Yes. Yes, it is. Literally everything. I don't know if that's a word, but figure outable. Yeah. He made it up, I'm sure. <laughs> right. Yeah. Everything is figure outable. Like we're going to figure it like, and as single moms too, that's another thing. Like that's, that's like in our DNA. It's, the, we got the figure it out gene, you know, yes. it's like, yeah, we're going to figure it out. Um, so yeah, no, absolutely. I think for anybody that's out there struggling, you know, and I know that like a lot of people say this and it's probably a cliche, but it is so true. And there's so much depthness to this um, statement where if your heart is beating, you're not done yet. God is not done with you yet. You know, so it's like and I know it could be like, OK, I don't get it or it's super simple. But no, like like. You're, you, you've got this, like, there's still so much to be done. And, and it's going to be fine. It's going to be okay. Like, you know, it's like, three years, four years, five years from now, you'll look back and you'll be like, wow, like, I really did overcome that. And then you'll probably laugh at the dumb stuff. You know, it's like, Oh, I remember when that one time I was crying about whatever. And it's like, yeah, it's fine. Yeah, that was so funny. Oh, my God. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for yeah, being no. here for blessing us. I can't Aww. wait to connect with you more. Yeah, no, thank it. you so much for having me. I appreciate it. It's been a true honor to speak to your community. And mm. I love your uh, group that you have on Facebook. So yeah, yeah. hell yes, because of moms like you. Shit, <laughs> I appreciate <laughs> it. All right, thank, thank you. you. All right, bye.